If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to Weekly, the show where we recap the week for you. Supporters of the Eurogamer website get these episodes every Friday, whereas everyone else listens from Monday. You can find out more about supporting us in the description below. I'm Bertie, a longtime writer for Eurogamer, and joining me today are guide editor Lottie Lynn. Hi, Lottie. Hiya. And all the way over from YouTube land, a far off distant place, it's video celebrity so Ian Higton. <laughs> Hiya. Hey, Bertie, your voice is wonderful. I listen to a lot of sleep podcasts, but if you could narrate one of them for me, I think I would love to. It's very relaxing. It's, it's I would absolutely love to do that. I think sleep time with Bertie. I would listen I think to that. Another way of looking at what you're saying is that my voice is boring. <laughs> no, no, it's relax. It's nice. It's got a nice, just mellow melody to it. I love it. Thank you very much. So, some actual games <laughs> came out this week, even though it was hotter than an actual oven here. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the games that came out were the Cat Game Stray and an interactive movie game um, called As Dusk Falls. Um, and we'll get onto those in a moment. But before we do, Ian, there's a bit of a reshuffle going on in Videoland because Aoife is now on maternity leave, I believe, and having a baby, which is very exciting. That's true. Yes. Mini Aoife is due uh, pretty soon, I think. So wow. uh, she's, uh, she's left for maternity leave. Um, uh, just leaving Zoe and I to uh, keep things afloat. <laughs> Uh, and try not to set fire to things. It's not just Zoe and I, though. We do have a, um, a video producer, like a background right, video so producer. Right, so someone's come in to help. Production. Yes, Richard, um, he will be uh, helping with edits. And um, if we go out on location shoots, he'll come along with his camera uh, equipment and stuff and film us. So uh, uh, we used to do a, a video every day of the week. Uh, we're still going to try and do as many videos as we can per week, uh, but occasionally that number will drop down just now because we have you know one well we've gone from three to 2.5 video producers basically because richard is uh, freelance awesome okay we're well, looking forward to to seeing what you guys come up with um, and also what Efa comes up with uh yes it's very exciting yeah. um hey when does this come out this comes out on friday so tomorrow on Friday, or oh, maybe for I've sent you for a present, but I, I wanted to say what it was, but I better not. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't spoil it's, it. It's, it might be something like that. Might be something to do with that. Fantastic. <laughs> Ian is pointing at his t-shirt, his Higton's original jorts. There's a whole thing with Ian and jorts, if you don't know what we're talking about. And um, there's also a new face on the team, the Eurogamer team this week, in Liv and Gan, who is our new work experience reporter. So please, everyone, make her uh, feel welcome in the comments of her stories um, when you read those. So let's jump into it. So before we talk about Stray, which I know you've both been playing, um, I want to talk about As Dusk Falls. Um, so this is an interactive movie game 
there's a Quantic Dream uh, link here in the lady who set up the studio used to work at Quantic Dream. So a similar kind of thing to those games, but also to the Until Dawn, Dark Pictures, uh, Supermassive games. This came out on Tuesday this week on PC and Xbox and Game Pass. It's 25 quid, so it's not a full price uh, game. Lasts about six hours, but the intention, I think, is that you keep playing it again to make different choices and and go back through it. Um, And it's kind of unusual looking, which is the first Mm. thing that uh, jumped out to me. It's got this kind of almost photo real look, but kind of painted over photo look. And the, the major thing is that it's not continuously animated like a film or like one of the supermassive games. It's a series of still images uh, to tell the story, basically, which takes a bit of getting used to because the biggest thing is that the character's lips don't move. So you're looking at a still picture of a face and the voiceover is playing over the top. And it's different to what you're used to with games like this. But it actually, you get used to it really quickly. And actually, it's really effective. It cuts out a lot of that uncanny kind of flab i'm gonna call it where the uncanniness sometimes you're inspecting and you're like oh well like in the recent uh, quarry game that the lips are a bit weird uh when they're talking mm. and sometimes it's really jarring to look at also there's a lot of parts of scenes that you don't really need and the game kind of cuts this out and gets on with it a much quicker but the biggest thing that this game does which i really liked is that maybe by not having to spend all the time doing that kind of stuff they allow themselves more times to focus on the story and particularly the characters telling that story. It's the first game of this type that has really spent time kind of rounding out different characters as humans and going into kind of human problems. They're all kind of fleshed out. No one's just chucked in as like a plot device, which is really nice. And doing this allows the game to kind of get into some meteor human issues uh, addiction kind of abuse and eventually suicide which it, it signposts so if if there's anything there that you don't want to get into the game is good at kind of warning you about that in advance and it touches on some but it touches in it in a really human way a kind of believable relatable way and it's also got a knack the game for keeping the tension up and knowing what's going to make for a a difficult decision because there's nothing like not really caring about the characters or the situation and just kind of unplugging a bit from the scene because that's what these games are all about about sitting there looking at a decision point going i don't know what to do i want to do both (laughs) options and trying to sort of peer through the screen to see what's going to happen um so i i urge people to play it yeah don't be put off by the slightly unusual um uh, look and also the kind of it looks like it's just based in one small area but it soon broadens out with the use of flashbacks and things like that um right. it's a really yeah really good game keeps the tension i've played quite a lot of those choice style games and they always seem to have a kind of like a fantasy element whether it's like zombies in the walking dead or you know life is strange with the time travel this sounds like it's way more mature and like grounded in realism or does it have yeah, that's a bit of what a... really encourages me about this is that it's done away with that it doesn't feel the need to kind of lean on that in order to um excite an audience i suppose it's which feels like a um a a, a step forwards for this this kind of subgenre um i suppose it does there's still quite a lot going on in the game it does kind of lean sometimes a bit into soap opera some sometimes it gets a bit silly you know there's some big stuff going on in the game but it doesn't 
go into supernatural territory or anything like that. Um, it's good. And like I say, it's not that long. It's a great one to play with other people, just like these other kinds of this games um, are. There's multiplayer built in. There's even like Twitch mm. integration built in. I think you get to vote on different outcomes in the scenes. So, okay. yeah, give it a go. That said, let's move on to Cat Game, um, <laughs> also known as Straight. Now, you've both been playing so- it. Fun fact, um, because as part of my job, I have to look up for trends. One of the most popular trends at the moment, literally just this cat game. <laughs> <laughs> Alongside like everything else, like, you know, stray review and people looking for answers for puzzles. Like, it's always cat game. It's like staying in there. It's, but it is that, you know, this, well, Lottie, I'm going to let you um, describe it because you reviewed it for Eurogamer. So, so tell us about what is this game? So it is an exploration. Oh no, that's the right word. Yeah, yeah. I always get. I've completely lost my thread now all by myself. <laughs> it's an exploration. There we go. There's a word I know how to pronounce. Of a ruined dystopian city through the eyes of a cat who accidentally falls in. And the city is inhabited by robots. And gradually, for a lot of really clever storytelling techniques, like um, little bits of environmental storytelling, such as like there's a reoccurring date. If you're paying attention, you'll be able to tell that something happened on a very specific date far long in the past, which relates to the current state of the city. And you're basically trying to get out of the city while helping the robots along the way and realizing how the society structure of the former inhabitants of the city has become to negatively affect the robots. Okay. Almost as if like they're in one way copying what was set in place and also ignoring like humans would the very obvious growing issue that, um, they might not be able to survive much longer. I think the way the, um, the way Blue 12 Studios chose to tell their story is very clever. Because so, it's very much putting the puzzle pieces together yourself. So like, there, there's like the obvious storyline of Cat wants to escape City. But then there's all this background stuff about the City's history and why things are the way they are. And you can piece that together yourself very cleverly. So is this what cats do every night when we're asleep and they yes. go out? <laughs> Because I've always wondered, I've got a cat and I often think she's off on a massive adventure. I'm like, she's probably, she's probably gone right up the road. She's mm. probably talk. She's probably talking to people. She's probably in the cyberpunk world. Um, yeah. When in reality, she's probably just not going very far. And just well, isn't it? They think they can, they, cats, if you let them out at night, can roam a minimum of two miles wow. if they want to. Yeah. If they want to. I think that's the clincher for my cat. <laughs> that's the important thing with cats. They will do something if they want to. So the re- yeah. the remarkable thing about this game is that you play as a cat, right? And how's, how's that? Yep. How does it feel playing as a cat? It, it feels great. Um, the movements are is incredibly fluid. It never seems to stutter. And you can basically get into like a kind of like cat parkour mode because you can <laughs> constantly hold down, run and jump at the same time. And it means that the cat will just move. Like, there's no hesitation. It's just going boom, 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 very quickly. And what I find really fascinating about it is there's no motion capture. This is just what they have created from observing their own cats. 
because obviously you know if you're going to try and do motion capture on a cat you, you've got to get the cat to do something it's like putting a collar on a cat <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it's going to go one of two ways and uh, the the cat's way is going to be the most likely one ian how have you found it um, I really like it. I uh, was very surprised how um, kind of emotional it's been considering the protagonist is a cat and cats famously can't speak or show much emotion. And, uh, you know, the rest of them, are, well, that's true. Yeah, mine's evil. <laughs> and the rest of the, the players are just robots. Uh, the rest of the NPCs are just robots. But yeah, I really liked it. Uh, my wife actually um, volunteers as a, a, a cat rescue. Uh, it's Cats Protection society and she's been playing it as well and she told me that um a stray actually the definition of a stray is a cat that has been previously owned and lost or abandoned rather than a cat that's grown up okay. in the wild which would be feral so maybe this game should have been called feral so this i don't think there's any humans around so this cat has never had an owner um well i don't know i've not actually got to the end and it could be spoilers <laughs> i guess but no it starts um when the game starts you're the cat in this little alcove with your three cat pals and um it's really cool because the first thing you do is interact with your cat pals and i don't know if you played it on the playstation 5 lot i did yes um, so the um the feedback through the controller is amazing you can feel the cats like purring through oh, the controller wow. and even like um they kind of like rub up against each other you know when they like jaw uh, you know gum things yeah. when they rub up against them you can kind of feel that motion going across the controller really like delicate gentle movement so it's, it works really well with the playstation 5 controller um yeah you can also but... when the cat goes to sleep because there's all these little spots where the cat can have a little sleep on <laughs> the um the control the cat will start purring so the controller hums in time with oh, the wow. purring and there's other things you can really do that good. are very well observed cat behavior like you can scratch yeah. at things to be really annoying like to annoy your owner basically into doing things <laughs> you can i'm yeah. presuming you can can you swipe stuff off tables i mean this is yep. yeah you can be an asshole <laughs> yeah. like a true cat yeah one of my favorite little bits is that there are paper bags hidden around some of the levels and when you put a paper bag on the cat's head for controls invert to oh, so, like wow. demonstrate that the cat is now like, oh, I'm confused, but I really want this paper bag. This is mine yeah, now. It's, yeah, it's like uh, when my cat had uh, uh, one of the cones of shame on. <laughs> She'd try and walk backwards to get out of it, even though it was attached. She just walked backwards around the room. It's kind of like that. So yeah, they really pick up on uh, cat behaviors. Well, you are aware that's your fault, right? Because you did that. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. I felt we felt very bad, but she had to get spayed. So it's clever, <laughs> isn't it? Because having a game based around being a cat, not just having a cat in, taps into this whole kind of internet subculture, really, of, of cats and cat owners uh, and people who are just delighted at seeing, you know, things they love recreated on screen and you get to be them. You can, you can see the joy coming through. All of us who have hmm. looked after cats or owned cats coming through as we see these things kind of represented on the screen. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's a good point, really, because stray first came into the public consciousness with like a, a short video clip of a cat wandering around a sci-fi landscape everyone's like that looks amazing and i don't know whether that the game then got financed after a little you know sizzle reel or something but i, I just remember this video going viral of the cat wandering around a sci-fi location with the robots and stuff 
and then everyone goes, this looks amazing. And then, you know, a year or a couple of years later, Stray finally comes yeah. out. It's so wonderfully at, um, atmospheric. There we go. It's mm. so wonderfully atmospheric. The soundtrack is great because you'll have the, you'll have like this really fast paced, very techno beat soundtrack. And then slowly it will start to ebb away. And you'll just have these moments of silence where you can just hear the city and just everything like the way the way it's like stuck in this almost kind of like false night and all the harsh mm. neon lights and when you look back down on where you've been and there are just certain sections are glowing while the abandoned parts of the city are just completely dark and the way it just seems yeah. to go on for a for like miles upon miles but it's actually a lot smaller than you think it is and it does look beautiful i remember saying in uh the live stream i did of it that you know i could turn the camera any way and it would be a beautiful mm. screenshot for a pc wallpaper i love the ability smaller games like this because it's only it's kind of several hours long isn't it six hours long or something i would say that you can check out Eurogamer's stray length guide how long is it i would say <laughs> that the main storyline is five to six hours okay and then if you want to do collectibles and side crests, you're going from between 8 to 11. And that is because there are two very time-specific trophies slash achievements, okay. which you have to do. And possibly going longer than that if you want to get all the trophies, because one of them involves you playing the game within a very short amount of time. I see. But it's still quite... There's a sense that it's still... an an independent-ish kind of game. It's not one of these big blockbuster style games, even though it's a game everyone's looking for. And I love the ability games like this have to capture the capture the mood of everyone. Is it too early to say game of the year? Is, would, would it rank up there for either of you as that kind of thing? Uh, I think it would be a close contender. At wow. the moment, I'm still going with Tunic. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I th I really enjoy it. Um, I don't think it would be game of the year for me okay. yet, but uh, again, yeah, it's, it's it's up there. It's a beautiful game. I really like it. Um, but for me, maybe at times it can be a little bit too slow. I'm I, you know I, I like a little bit more action. It's really nice to be able to explore and take your time with it. But uh, for something that to really grab me and maybe a little bit more intensity sometimes. <laughs> I love that it's also been having um, a profound effect on other or, or people's actual pets in their house. There was a wonderful <laughs> roundup story um, on the site this week of various uh, Twitter threads where people have filmed their pets reacting to the uh, on-screen uh, uh, stray gameplay. Obviously, cats have seemed particularly intrigued mm. in the way they sit right in front of your <laughs> telly and just look and get in the way in the way they do. But I've also seen some dogs charging the screen, basically, <laughs> which is quite terrifying when they suddenly go for it. And you see the, the sort of pool of pixels move on the screen as they start pouring it. Yeah. You see, my dog would just completely ignored it. And if I tried to get her attention, she'd just look at me as if to say, are you stupid? I'm that's not real. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. Leave me alone. A very clever dog. Um, yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, in Features Land this week, I had a quick look at a game called Undergrave, which is a roguelike from a studio called Wired Dreams. Um, basically, you occupy a very small kind of tiled space, and when your pixelated ninja hero moves, 
the enemies move as well and if they end up next to you you take a hit so it's a game of predicting some moves ahead so you don't get kind of stuck in corners and you have very special abilities that help you do this i really like the game it's got lovely style particularly you know in samurai films where they slice the katana through some bamboo and you're like they haven't done anything Mm -hmm. and then it like slides (laughs) apart you can do this in the game so you can kind of if you dash through a bunch of enemies you're like and then they slide apart oh so it has this lovely kind of effect um i found it a bit thin i've only played it for an hour but i could do with a few more systems or something bigger it was quite reserved sometimes when i could do with it getting a bit bigger but maybe i just have to get a bit further on we also had a couple of state of the game pieces go up on Eurogamer this week one was for mini motorways which was christian don and he wrote this and his daughter started playing the game so he's sort of been revisiting it by through her eyes almost not that he's kind of stopped playing it and he runs us through a couple of years it came out in 2019 so he runs us through a few years of updates to this game as he kind of reflects on what it means to him now in that wonderful Christian Donlan way uh, that he has and making it sound far more intelligent than, than, than maybe it is. That's don't, I'll take that back. Um, we also had, <laughs> don't em- let me hear you say that. <laughs> we also had um, Emma, um, Emma Kent look at Valheim for us, a game that she's been playing off and on for a few years now. Ian, were you a Valheim player? I loved Valheim. I, uh, me and my friends, we had a bit of a Valheim posse. Ah. We absolutely rinsed it. We played it so much that I kind of got Valheim burnout. Okay. Um, it's one of the problems with early access games, I find. They come out in early access. I like, oh, I really like it. I play it loads. And then burnout. And then by the time it's actually finished, yeah. I'm like, I don't really, I can't really be bothered to go back. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've not read that state of the game piece yet. I don't know what state it is. She comes to a lot of the conclusions, actually, that you just hinted at. Um, right. The, that rinsed it thing that you said. I think mm. that's the same thing for her there. I think there's that exciting point at the beginning where you're um, building up to tackling all the content that the game has you know you're leveling up your characters you're getting new equipment and that kind of thing but then there comes a point probably not probably not that far on but still sort of dozens um of hours in where you beat the content the game has Mm. and then you're looking around for something more and the more in this case and this is Emma's criticism, I think, the more in this case hasn't really arrived because um, developer Iron Gate had to kind of pivot to technical updates because of the size or the amount of people that started playing this game. They wanted to make sure it was mm. working for everyone. So they switched to that instead of content updates, really. So now I think people are still waiting for... The thing is, is that the game kind of promised that these content updates would come rather than just yeah. said, look, it's finished as it is. So I think people are still waiting for more stuff and they're caught in a kind of limbo, I think is the word that she I th- used. Yeah, I think there was like, when I was playing it, there was about two or three biomes that were kind of, the, the framework was there, but there was no enemies, no bosses or anything. And as far as I can tell, I could be wrong, I don't think they've actually added any of these new biomes yeah, yet. Yeah, biomes is the thing that Emma is, is really keen mm. on. So she loves it. She's played it for something like 230 mm. hours. And like you, she's really keen on it. It's just that, beyond making building projects for themselves there's not that much for her and her friends to do in the game at the moment and that kind of not once you've got all the bosses out the way yeah Uh, it is just a grind and a building grind but um as a big fan of vr i have to uh, shout out a flat to vr mod for this game valheim looks beautiful anyway but being able to be there viking height 
playing it in first person um, is pretty How wonderful. How tall is Viking? Uh, I haven't done that for a while. It's about the same height as a normal human. <laughs> Maybe a bit bigger, just a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to account for exactly. the horns on the helmet, I guess. Like snail eyes uh, with the yeah. eyes on. <laughs> yeah, when you tap them, they go back. <laughs> but no, like I would recommend trying it out in VR if you have the uh, the option to download the modern VR headset because it is it's just such a beautiful, relaxing game when you're not fighting things anyway. And to be able to be in that world and wander around first person and actually feel like you're in there it's it's a really really it feels like it fits it feels like it was meant to be it's quite a transformational thing isn't it when you go from when you put a vr mod on something and suddenly you step into a world that you've only ever seen from kind of far back mm. yeah um i've been covering quite a few vr flat to vr mods on vr corner recently because there's not many big vr games out uh but they're amazing they're like they take all these old favorite experiences like uh, GTA, uh, Red Dead Redemption I've done. Uh, recently so you can one, get really up um, close to the back of the horses. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, um, you can see what's under <laughs> their tail. You actually, you actually, can, it, there was a flat screen to VR mod for Elden Ring, which I did. And um, you can <laughs> actually look right in and um, look under Torrent's tail and they have modelled a butthole onto Torrent. <laughs> uh, Just in so, case. You know, Hard-hitting games journalism, yeah. invest, investigative Confirmed. games journalism there. Yes, <laughs> Torrent has a butthole. Um, before we move on to um, <laughs> some of the other videos um, that you're, you and the team have been looking at this week, uh, there was also Ed Nightingale and Christian Donlan had a nice chat about Res. Um, which Ed had mm. never played, and actually he played in VR uh, this week. Have you played nice. it in VR? I have played it in VR, um, not a huge amount. I bought it when it was on sale, um, and I, I'm one of those people that buys a load of things and then like dips in and out because you know we we have to play a lot of games for our jobs, so it's hard to stick with something for a long yeah. time. But uh, I have played. Um, I haven't gone super in depth with it, but I've. Yeah, Ed was a big fan. Um, it's a really nice conversational mm. format piece where they're just talking about the game, chucking ideas kind of back and forth. I, I love this style of piece. It kind of teases deeper information out rather than kind of forces it at you. It just comes across uh, really nicely. And they're both clearly fans of the musical kind of rhythm action sort of genre. And it's just nice hearing them talk about that. So over in video land uh, this week, obviously Stray has been a big part of your week you streamed i think the first three hours of it which is pretty much half yep. a chunk a, a full chunk of the game <laughs> um and Aoife also did a review of the game i think yes uh so monday um we did uh me and Aoife we recorded a review chat Aoife had played it to completion at that point so uh we yeah we we like to have these little review chats every so often where we just have a casual chat about the game one of us will ask questions here or whatever um and uh yeah that's that that went up for the uh the review embargo and then the next day uh there was the streaming embargo so i sat down and uh played the first three hours and uh yeah uh basically everything that Aoife said uh, i agreed with about the game it's uh because yeah. Aoife's a big cat mm -hmm. lover isn't she yes she her her um cat kitty uh, is an actual stray ah. as well. So um, he, in her old street, uh, the owners of Kitty 
abandoned her. I think they moved house, uh, abandoned him even, and I think they moved house. And uh, he was astray for a while, going between gardens and getting food wow. from the neighbours. And then Aoife kind of brought him in and um, homed him and, you know, and now he's he's theirs, Subs and Aoife's. Wow. Well, we're, we're good on Aoife, but I, yeah, I don't understand how cats get no. there in, in, in the first place there. Um, Aoife, no. um, Ian, sorry, you were also <laughs> playing the Halo Infinite campaign this week, campaign co-op, I should say, with Zoe. How was that? Yes, that was that was really good. Uh, it's the Halo Infinite campaign co-op should have been in there from the start, to be honest, because this is another game that I played loads. I loved it when it first came out for the first month, and then I just haven't touched it again. And I feel like a lot of people are a bit like... Yeah, it's been, it's been eight months. Maybe it's a little bit too late. Um, the vibes playing it in multiplayer with Zoe were great. It felt like playing uh, previous Halo yeah. games in co-op. I, you know, a lot of people, it would be their family tradition to play Halo games uh, in co-op when they launch. It, I did it with my brother, Zoe, uh, with her brother. Um, and yeah, it feels really nice. Zoe was playing PC. I was playing Xbox series x so the cross play was okay it is in beta and there was a point during that stream where i completely broke the game uh, i detached master chief's head <laughs> from his body so i could spin around and see his floating arms and butt um, and so it's still still a bit of a work in progress i can see why I they went into beta for it. with your kind of reporting here when you <laughs> i'm just a big fan of butt 30 what can i say <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's good if you you will be able to play it in four player co op when in, um, if you are a member of the Halo Insider um, preview app um, and when it finally releases to the public as well. So that might be a lot of fun playing in, with four players. I we played it on normal mode and the difficulty of the enemies and stuff didn't really scale up so we were just having a lovely chat and flying <laughs> through the game so you probably want to put it on a quite high difficulty level but you know if you've if you've wanted if you've been holding off playing halo infinite for the the campaign co-op update uh you you won't be disappointed when you finally get to play it with a pal or a sibling nice. um and you're also uh, talking of vr you're also playing the stanley parable in vr which lottie i know you're a, a big fan of the i stanley. love the stanley parable it's one of my favorite games the ultra deluxe version is absolutely brilliant how far are yeah. you um, well, I tend to record VR corners for about an hour and a half and then edit them down. So an hour and a half in, I got a couple of the endings. Um, have, you, Mariella, have, you, have you got to Mariella the new Mariella stuff ending? yet? No, okay. I don't think I managed to get to the new stuff. So, um, so I've not played the game for uh, since it first came out. So I'd forgotten a lot of it, basically. Yeah. So there's um, there's there's a load of new endings, and right. um, I don't know if do you, do you know about the famous glitch where you can drop to the bottom of spoilers for Stanley Parable? Um, <laughs> do you know about the famous glitch in the original game where you could drop down to the bottom of like the area with the surveillance um, monitors in the monitor I room? I did not know. I know the area you mean, but I did not know about. So that I, I recommend attempt doing that glitch in the new version of the game. Okay. Wow. So, all right. I will. So, do. what does VR uh, bring to it? Does, is it again a transformational kind of feeling, or? Yeah, I mean, like Stanley Parable isn't really a, a super interactive game. You can't pick up and play with props or anything. But 
um, to be put into the shoes. Well, Stanley doesn't have any shoes or legs, I don't think, from what <laughs> I can remember. But to be put into Stanley's, you know, to be in those corridors um, and wandering around, it feels a bit more believable. You know, playing in flat games, you're kind of looking at experiences through a window. But in VR, you're being surrounded by it. So when the game plays those visual tricks, makes infinite corridors and, um, you know, doors appearing from nowhere or disappearing, it feels like you're in a weird mind-bending maze. You know, it, it, it just it adds to the immersion a lot more. I love I that say. you called them flat games there. So we're like f- flat gamers. <laughs> <laughs> yes well i think flat games is a nice way to put it um maybe I, some people call them pancake games <laughs> you know if you want to be oh pancake gaming so so last Sounds year tasty. You know. <laughs> it does a bit um yeah flat games I so also on the video channel this week uh zoe got nerdy about god of war again um and recapped mm-hmm. the entire um lore of the 2018 uh, i think it was 2018 uh god of war that came out ahead of ragnarok coming this november presumably yes well i don't think it was the entire ah, of the okay. lore because it's part one and uh zoe and richard are, are busy working on part two which is going to go up uh either friday or saturday so either today if you're listening to it when this podcast comes out or tomorrow <laughs> awesome um and uh zoe also continued a uh, very spooky playthrough of madison which i looked at a bit of and it does look genuinely freaky um and Aoife was playing two point hospital i believe is that in <laughs> sort of a uh, uh preparation i think it might have been you know just getting used to the hospital surroundings a bit of maybe it's a bit of a way to have a bit of a control on the situation but a bit of know. prepared immersion yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, so also this week, which you probably don't know about, um, but on Wednesday, um, I've put up a piece about Saints Row, the new ah. Saints Row reboot. Saints Row 2022. I don't know what the correct search term is at the moment. I'm still trying to work that out. Uh, but I got to play the first ah, four hours of it? that. So it's Saints Row, <laughs> you know, like uh, it's a game that is stupid uh, my whole video revolves it's like 11 stupid things you can do in saints row what's the stupidest uh, thing it, you can do well it's it's a bit of a shonky game so one of the stupidest things i did was try to um get run over by a train and when so i positioned myself in front of an oncoming train and you know expected to get insta-killed but instead it just hits you and you're still stood up and it slides you along the train (laughs) track and you just slide along on this track on the front of this train and then all of a sudden it'll ping you up into the sky (laughs) but then you have this wingsuit ability so you can then activate your wingsuit and fly around the uh, the city of santa super exploit there i guess yeah um it it may be patched out by the time the game comes <laughs> out um if the developers watch my video but yeah it was it's if you've played any of the saints row games before i know a lot of the people when they saw the reboot they were like oh this a mature reboot of saints row i don't think i'm gonna like this it's you know i want my dick jokes and stuff um it it is it is just the, it's exactly the same saints row that you know from before gameplay wise it's 
kind of like uh, it is a bit of a cross between three. So three and four went stu- super mm. wacky, and one and two were like gang warfare, still with immaturity and uber violence, but a bit more serious. Whereas three and four went cartoony, and it is a good mix between um, those two halves. But if you know, if you're if you like to switch your brain off, blow up NPCs with rocket launchers drive cars at walls and watch stupid physics do something weird and unexpected then you'll like it you know um if you're a university student you sit in your dorm and light up a bifter and play that you'll have the best time but um if you're going into it looking for like characters that you give a shit about or like a story that you actually pay attention to it's not going to be that okay um (laughs) let's take a quick look at digital foundry and here's where i try and understand what digital foundry has been doing um so digital foundry tested the new assassin's creed odyssey and origins 60 fps updates on ps5 and xbox series s and x and love them called them transformational um, so if you're fans of those games and you fancy dipping back in, maybe now's the time. Um, Oliver McKenzie put together a guide about how to get the best out of using the Steam Deck docked, which is a bit of a tongue twister. I didn't even realize you could use it docked. <laughs> That's how, how much of a noob I am. Has anyone played on a Steam Deck here? No, nor have yes. I. Yes. Um, oh. I, I did not enjoy it. It is very know. heavy, and I have very small hands, and I ended up having to like just put it on a table and just kind of almost docked play with it yeah because it, it was Ugh. like making my wrists hurt wow in a really oh, no. weird way um and also to to be perfectly honest it reminds me of the cheap gamecube controller i bought from game for three pounds <laughs> because i wanted to, to play a game i look at it and i just look at i just see that controller not not a big fan of the steam deck just buy a new pc i I feel like that awkwardness (laughs) like you'll you'll, you'll get more use out of the pc than you will the steam deck it can do multiple things fair enough i feel like that awkwardness is part of its charm in a in a strange way no 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 (laughs) No. Um, Good. You've saved me a couple of hundred quid. So um, Will Judd um, from Digital Foundry has also gone big on mechanical keyboards, which is definitely his thing. He is the person to talk to if you want to know about mechanical keyboards. I actually own a mechanical keyboard that Will Judd uh, recommended. Likewise, I'm going to hold it up. It's a bit. Di- I'm going to hold it up slowly because it's a bit dirty. Okay. But there you go. Whoa, and then back down again. <laughs> I think that's the same one. Is it an Extrify? Extrify? I have no idea what brand it is. It's been so... Mine's, mine looks like ah, that. No, nice. yours is a bit longer. I've turned a lot of the lights off on mine, but they light up when I type. Uh. So each of the keys lights up when I type, which is cool. I really like it. Um, so mm. Will Judd, um, it, it's an obsession with him. So he keeps up with all, all of the ones. Um, <laughs> He's written about five of the incredible man- mechanical keyboards he's tested this year. One of them is almost transparent. It's, it looks amazing. It's almost like it's Whoa. made of jelly. Um, oh, that's like back in the day when, you know, you'd be able to get crystal Xboxes yes. and stuff. It reminds yes. me of that. Um, he's also written a guide about making your own keyboard, if that's something you want to do. Um, because quite a lot of them, are, it's, they're customizable. That's a part of their, their charm as well. And he's also put together his picks uh, for the top 15 mechanical keyboards this year. And that's with a range of sort of angles, you know, whether you're looking to game on them, type or code. Typing and coding, I thought it was the same thing. But anyway, regardless. Um, <laughs> 
in Newsland, and here's where we whisk through a load of things. So um, I was glad to see that Minecraft will not allow NFTs. Hooray! Yay! Um, Mojang posted a blog about this uh, Wednesday night, um, has basically outlawed blockchain use. Um, meanwhile, Square Enix is going to be releasing Final <laughs> Fantasy NFTs. Of course. Uh, uh, it's a low bar and they always somehow manage to go stumble over it, you know. If there's if there's a games company that can't read the room, yeah. it's them and the <laughs> NFTs at the moment. Jeez. Uh, there was a bunch of FIFA 23 news uh, this week. Um, remember, this is the last year that that, that series is going to be called FIFA. Uh, from next year, it's going to be EA Sports FC. Um, so the biggest news probably... Um, is that the PC version is now going to be the same as the newer console versions and not some neutered, odd uh, kind of port, which it has been for years. Uh, so at long last, hooray! Um, the game is also getting a new power shot. So if you hold both the bumpers down um, uh -huh. and hold shoot at the same time, your character kind of winds up, I'm doing this with my fingers, winds up um, a power shot, which you then have to manually aim. So it sounds quite tricky, but it gives you the potential to score, you know, spectacular goals, which I, for me is what FIFA is all about. Mm. I don't care if I lose by 10 goals. I just want to score one good one. And then, <laughs> I and then I'm sort of... I think the last FIFA game I played was FIFA 96 on the Super That's Nintendo. Okay. So I can't you're effectively up to date. If you're not, you're not. Yeah, true. It's just, it's, it's the same it's game, just isn't football. it? Just slightly updated. Um, yeah. Um, so in other news, uh, Bruce, there's some other FIFA news as well, but I won't go into it. Uh, Bruce Straley, um, the co-director of Uncharted 2 and 4 and The Last of Us, so like a big name, um, naughty dog, big name, um, who quit development, um, is coming back to development and has set up a new studio called Wildflower, um, which is apparently going to make smallish games uh, with an emphasis on like being creative and kind of unique and he's making all the right noises about like being inclusive and equitable and all this kind of stuff so let's see uh what happens there no man's sky is nearly six years old wow what? um and has uh, just welcomed a huge new update called endurance which regamp regamps revamps freighters <laughs> um, essentially allowing you to make really cool space bases um it, mm. uh, ian are you a no man's sky player I've played uh, quite a lot of it, um, especially in VR. And in fact, I, I'm a member of a couple of VR Discord groups and someone was saying this new update allows you to put windows in the space freighter. Wow. So when you're playing in VR, you can just wander around the space freighter and then just stand by the window and enjoy looking out at the expanse of the cosmos. So uh, I might go back and try it again uh, in VR now this this update is done. But yeah, I really like it. Awesome. Uh, um, elsewhere in slightly weird news this week, but I like it, maybe. Um, Blizzard is offering Diablo 4 beta access and a digital copy of the game for free if you get a tattoo. Um, <laughs> presumably... Any tattoo? That, that just sounds like they want to brand people. Uh, pr like really presumably is. a Diablo 4 tattoo. But I was looking into this, yeah. and it's like they've just got a flash sheet of um, tattoo design ideas. Um, and, and I looked at the picture of one person getting one, and it was like of a spider, like a Black Widow-type spider. And there was no Diablo branding on it that I could see. So oh. maybe it's not such a bad thing. I don't know. It depends how people look at it. Um, it is a very weird <laughs> marketing choice. Uh, I love games, but I wouldn't brand myself for them. No, it reminds me, I went to um, an EVE Online EVE fan fest um, in Iceland one mm. year. And as part of their, in the building where they hosted it, they had um, tattoo stations. 
set up where you could get yourself an Eve tattoo. And many people were. I think those chairs were were busy pretty much the whole fan fest long of people getting various Eve designs on them. Anyway, mm. um, this uh, Diablo-related tattoo shenanigans is happening across um, Europe as well as North America and Australia as well. And it's coming to London to a tattoo studio called Noir Inc. Um, I don't know where that is. Um, on 13th of August, if you're interested. Uh, Do you have, so to, you have to go pay there. for the tattoo? A good question. I assume Cause, so. Because if, if you do, you're not actually getting, really, you're not getting anything for free. That's you're you're just point. being tricked Ooh. into getting a dab like a tattoo. <laughs> you heard it here first. Lottie sees yeah. through yeah. the marketing ploy. Yeah. Um, also, Doom Creator and... Um, and Quake creator, we can see this on uh, in Ian's background. He's got a picture of Doom, so I'm hoping Ian's going to be excited about this. John Romero is making a new FPS um, with a quote major publisher. Apparently, that's all we know. He hasn't yeah. said anything more. Um, are you excited, Ian? I'm very excited. I've got I've got another Doom picture up there that's uh, signed by John Romero. Actually, and a, a Doom picture. I'm a big fan. Uh, recently played his um, sigil ah. levels. He made like a kind of official unofficial doom uh two expansion which kind of followed on the story of doom 2 uh that you can download uh, on switch or xbox wherever you get the new version of uh the re-releases of the doom uh you can download wads for them uh and sigil's really good um uh, you know john romero is a legend so let's uh hope that he's uh He's got this amazing game cooking up in the background. He's a very nice guy. I've met him um, on a couple of occasions. And he's just he's just quite, he's quite um, kind of calm and mild-managed, which goes against this kind mm. of image um, of him. He's very, he's very nice and kind of gentle. I love, yeah, I love looking at all the pictures of him back in the days of Doom, just lounging around. They had this, like, house that they kind of converted into a yeah. studio, and they're just lounging around, having the best time making he Doom. Just, like, oh shit to have been there he just wants to play quake all the time i think he still plays it almost religiously <laughs> um and they um so if you want to play quake uh, religiously um so they're hiring uh, this is romero games they're over mm. in ireland mm. um, and they're looking particularly for people with unreal engine 5 um experience so if that's you and you want to go and play quake all day with john romero plus make a game um do they need any video i producers? think so I don't know. Don't you? Don't you dare! <laughs> so, there's going to be a TV adaptation of Obsidian's Grounded game. Apparently, I was quite oh, excited okay. to find out. I, I like Grounded. Live action or oh, I didn't animated. look at that bit. I guess maybe it's going to be animated because live action is considerably yeah. tricky. But maybe it's not. You're going to have some weird green screen effects in there if it's going to be live action. Or you could just hire massive spiders. I no? mean, that is a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I opened up my garage uh, the other day and a spider fell from the doorframe onto my face and crawled across my cheek. Wow. Um, how are you? Yeah, that was how are you with spiders? Are you grim? I'm not too bad. I don't like them crawling on my face, but I'm... <laughs> I don't know how that is. Obviously, the game itself was inspired by a film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, um, and, and, and among other films as well. So it's sort of coming full circle, but I'm excited mm. to see a great game. I really like it. Um, and also, and Ian, I think you're going to be excited about this as well. Lego has announced an Atari 2600 set that includes a life-size replica of the console, a joystick, mm -hmm. three cartridges that you can actually slot into the machine. It doesn't play games. Um, a cartridge holder, 
a little tableau of a person playing an Atari that pops out of the machine when you slide the cover back. Um, and little dioramas for each of the games, which seem to be sort of presented on the cartridges. I'm not sure how they're, or maybe they're a separate thing. It's £200, £210, which is actually the exact same price as an Xbox Series S. <laughs> but it's really cool. I mean, yeah, it looks cool. I was—I think it was one of Liv's first articles, um, ah. the the news piece about it. And uh, I was looking at the picture. I was like, yeah, that looks really cool. But honestly, uh, that amount of money, yeah, I'd rather buy something I could play games on because I have an actual Atari 2600, so... I can play games on. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, if you're a Lego fan, that's that, that's cool. It's got something like almost two thousand six hundred pieces uh, appropriately. Uh, okay, so keep you busy. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it'll keep you busy for a while. One to get for for dad for Christmas. I don't really. Yeah. Or, or mum for Christmas. You know, whatever. Um, yeah, that's everything uh, for us this week. Uh, thank you so much, Lottie, for being here. Thank you for having me. Sorry, uh, I didn't realise that was a prompt. <laughs> And thank you so much, Ian, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me as um, well. I'm Bertie. That was Weekly. And we will be back next week with more. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.